is the malted liquor. What gets you drunker quicker? What comes in bottles or in cans? Beer. Can't get enough of it. Beer. How we really love it. Beer. Makes me think I'm a man. Beer. I could kiss and hug it, beer. but I'd rather chug it. Beer. Got my belly out to here. I could not refuse a beer. I could really use a beer. Beer, beer, beer. Beer, 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 beer. I can't remember how much I have had. I drank a 12-pack with my dad. <laughs> That's my son, the drunken manly stud. I'm proud to be his bud. Here, have some pretzels. No, I'll call it quits. Those things give me the schlitz. <laughs> Welcome to Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs> Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. Shout out to Shelly. Thank you, Shelly, for joining us on Patreon. It's just too bad we got nothing, <laughs> nothing to put on Patreon today. We will, though, this week, just for you, Shelly. Yep. Every, let's do that. Every time we get a new Patreon person, uh, a Patreon. We'll do the name game. We'll do the name game for Shelly. Shelly, Shelly, Bobelli, Banana, Fana, Bobelli, me, my Momelli, Shelly. All right. Yeah, but we're, we're working on some content here. Those extra, we, we do two a month. We did do no two. refunds. No. <laughs> so our promise to you is that you are going to get two extra episodes a month, and we do do that. And we do our immediate release, pre release, day before pod for everyone whenever we have big guests like Mr. Dave Robinson or people like that on You Get Early Access. And we do two extra pods a month, but also it's already three pods a month. We have a announcement we have hit 400,000 listens subscriptions people listening to the pod total 400,000 as of this weekend which is insane insane 400,000 of you now I just need you all to unite grab your tiki torch no I wouldn't (laughs) <laughs> no no pitchforks none of that. No, no, Even though no maybe with the way special teams is going this year it might end up where we're gonna have a bunch of people tryouts we're gonna have tryouts we're gonna have this is what patreon gets you day one tryouts <laughs> matt lafleur is visibly upset yeah um he's even calling people out to the point where he even said some guys are not showing up there's a program for you. You have all the support you need. I'm going to be curious to see because what he specifically said was there are guys that he's making or people that are having to stay after practice to get up to speed. I'm going to be curious to see who those guys are because they're not going to make the team, you know, and our our, center, our first and second team is pretty much set. 
other than offensive line, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but especially with special teams and, and how visibly upset is obviously there's guys in there, but he was visibly upset and there's guys that are going to have to stay after practice. So I'll be curious about that. What do you think is going on, Matt, with special teams? Uh, I think, uh, okay. So we all know that um, Lafleur is a big um, uh, proponent or a big uh, believer in if you don't know the playbook, you don't get your butt out there. We see this with a lot of these wide receivers that we grab late in the year, a lot of players that we grab late in the year. How come we don't see them? It's been weeks and weeks and weeks. They got to learn the playbook. I mean, if they don't know what they're doing out there, what are they doing out there? You're seeing a lot of these guys, they get drafted, they get a bonus, 300,000. 100,000, half million, right? They get some kind of signing something, 50K. They've never had two nickels to rub together before. And so they're buying cars. They're hanging out with girls. They're chasing. I mean, they're doing anything and everything that a 21-year-old guy who's never had any money has been given a big bucket of money. They're doing exactly what they should do. And instead of trying to make the team, they believe they are on the team. And that's their downfall. That's their mistake, right? Mm -hmm. So it's easy for us to cut from, what are we at right now? Like 85 or 83 or something? We're still at 90. After one, we'll be down to 85. Week two, down to 80. And then third week, basically done. So like 40 guys. Hold on. Matt LaFleur's calling me. Oh, hold on. Matt LaFleur's calling him. Hey, Coach, yeah, no, we're talking about special teams. I apologize. Give, give, give me a second. Give me about an hour, and I'll call you back. Sorry. Right now, his wife is going, did he just hang up on me? <laughs> it, wasn't, it, was, it was not my wife. <laughs> did that son of a – no, so it's going to make it very easy for them to cut it from 90 down to 53 when you don't show up and you don't do the work, you know, you hear Dobbs and what the one thing that they keep talking about Dobbs is, is Dobbs is one of the first guys in the building and one of the last guys out of the building. He's taking this extremely seriously. And you can tell because it's equating on the field, right? It's becoming into fruition. He is making it happen. You've got other guys that are, I assume they're doing uh, a lot of extra work and they're, they're trying to get in there. You have to get your mind right. You want to make millions and millions of bucks. And there it is sitting there waiting for you. You've got to get your ass up early in the morning. You've got to get to work. you got to bust your butt all day, read the books, do everything and anything to get your butt on the team. When you have guys that like Dobbs, like Torre, um, I can't even think of Quay. Uh, uh, you know, when you have these guys that are putting in all this extra effort, they're not taking their spot for granted. And I think that's what Lafleur is mostly upset about. And I, I can tell you from my standpoint, as a business owner, when somebody doesn't show up for work, it puts us behind. It puts the whole, the whole machine doesn't run properly because somebody now, and now we're lagging a little bit, a couple of people, three people before you know it, now we're a few days behind. And then everybody shows up to work one day and they go, Hey, how come we're still doing this stuff? Because you weren't here because you weren't here is the answer. So these guys need to show up. They need to clock in nine to five, seven to four, whatever it is that they've got to do. They've got to clock in. And if they're clocking in and they're doing that and it's still not working out, then you got to put in the extra effort. And, and, and the playbook to be clear is already fully implemented. It's done. 
Like they've yeah. officially, everything has been handed to you. We've walked through everything. We've given you everything. It's on you because that's why you see some guys get more reps than others. And, and that's why there's guys on third team instead of first team and second team. And, and that's the pecking order. But yeah, it's just, I'm going to be really curious to see who those guys are because the guys that we're talking about are the guys that are going to basically form our special teams, right? It's, can you do your job? Number one, number two, if it's between you doing your job and another guy for that last position on the roster or second to last position on the roster is how much are you contributing to special teams? I think that's going to be the kicker, obviously, because these guys are bottom of the bottom of the barrel guys. And they're going to try to find those diamonds in the rough that are going to be able to contribute as a starter as well. When somebody, we have injuries, we saw it last year in 2010, we saw what happened to us. I mean, we were decimated down to our third, third and fourth players on the depth chart and they came in and contributed. That's what we need. And those guys, apparently there there's obviously it's early, right? And we'll find out a lot more after week one of the preseason where stuff starts shaking out. And if guys, because Again, you say there's always practice heroes, right? You have these guys that show up, and that's what I want to see from Dobbs because you know Dobbs is going to go up against the ones in San Francisco or at least the twos on defense, whatever it is that they're going to do with Jordan Love throwing him the ball, which um, I'll be curious to see if he can translate that into a game with a lot of these things because practice is practice. As much as it's pads, you have glorified practice players. We were super excited about a bunch of guys last year, like Tip is one of those guys that always shows up in the offseason and the opportunities that he has in the game just kind of flashes. And we need consistency and the, the churning of the bottom of the roster. There's so many um, injuries at key positions that we've got right now, right? Like our offensive line is at this point, I'd, I'd say almost decimated, man, without those guys. They don't even – LaFleur said he doesn't even know who the starting five are outside of Myers and Runyon. He, he knows. He but knows. You need some – but don't you need some consistency? It's just like it's just like Luke Getzky there with the Bears going, we don't know who are starting five, but they know. They know. You don't want to give – you don't want to tip your hat too much. You don't want other teams to get a jump on it. We know Aaron Rodgers will be out there. We know Cobb will be out there. We know Lazard, right? We, we know the usual suspects. But when you've got an area of the team that might be a little up for grabs, you don't want to tip your hat too early. You don't want to give the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions six extra weeks of practice going, this is where this guy's lining up. This is where this guy's lining up, right? You want to you wanna keep a little suspense. If you ask anyone right now, I don't think too much many teams would tell you they know who their starting five offensive line is you know i, I bet you there i bet you can count them all on one hand yeah and a, a lot of these teams the news coming around especially from the north and our contenders is look mike evans is now hurt uh he had a hammy and i know that savage also had a hammy but those are positions where you need to have no soft tissue injuries and godwin's yeah. already out they've lost their center and their left guard in the off season already for the season it's it's concerning i mean i'm happy i'm not happy that guys are injured i'm happy that we're going to see them in week three and we don't know i mean the bears dude Nikhil harry is out for a couple weeks uh mooney's the man uh who's the other kid that they have on there that is now injured as well so that it's literally down to like mooney and like their fourth wide receiver you know all of these teams are are not looking great golf um is mm, right like he's not doing great his connection and right oh it's uh equinamia st brown is who's going to be lining up on the other side of mooney that's why i was remembering i was thinking of st brown over with uh well st brown's with detroit right 
Yeah, but what I was saying is, yeah, I mean, I just I remembered Equinamia St. Brown because of Amon Ross St. Brown, his brother on the on the Lions, has a really good connection with Goff. And but their issue is Jeff Kuda, their uh, safety, their stud is out as well. So there's yeah. injury. But we need to be real careful with what we do. And and you know, they asked uh, Lafleur flat out, "Are we going to see starters? Are we going to see Aaron Rodgers?" And he said, "Not for a couple of weeks." Don't even ask me. We'll talk about it after New Orleans, which is week yep. three. So yep. it's, we're yep. not going to see any of these guys, and it's good because we don't want any injuries. That's the way it's going to go. That's the way it's going to go. I mean, do we really need to see Aaron Rodgers out there in any preseason work? I mean, it'd be nice to see him the last game, maybe play a series or two or even the f- whole first quarter. But other than that, we don't need him out there. Uh, we need Watson out there. I'd like to see Watson out there running some routes, showing us some speed. Um, I'd like to see uh, Love get a lot of reps. This is be, you know, he's, what's interesting is, is, you know, they always show that. um, Rehabbing. Okay. So Watson is out there with the rehab group today. Okay. So that's good. That's good. Okay. He's still working on that uh, little bit of knee surgery that they gave him clean up a little bit of problem that he had from the summer. So they're not pushing him too hard or anything. And they're going to, they're going to get him rehabbing. But uh, uh, you know, whenever we see those videos, we see Aaron Rodgers chucking it into the net from 20 yards out from 30 yards out, making it look effortless. And this year love is hitting those nets with some oomph and Rodgers is off just a little bit, just a little bit. Now I'm not worried about Rodgers play. Uh, that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm saying is, is, and it's just like when you have kids of your own, you're playing basketball in the driveway, you dominate, dominate. And then all of a sudden one day they develop a shot and all of a sudden they got a little crossover move. And before you know it, that game of 21 goes from 21 to five to 21, 19. And you were working your ass off and you look over and that kid of yours has got the eye of the tiger. It's the eye of the tiger. And they're coming. And that's what love has got right now is the eye of the tiger and iron sharpens iron. Right. And it's great because everything coming out of camp, especially is in his mechanics, right? Because they're looking at a lot of technique and a lot of mechanics with all of these guys trying out. And with Jordan love, what they're saying is the big difference is that his footwork is just outstanding. And he's not his, his feet are not getting stuck at the top of his hitch, which means he's getting the ball out really fast and in rhythm. And it's starting to show on the field. So Look, man, another year of this guy and another year in the system going into his last year with that other option that we're going to have with him. We're going to know what we've got in him, especially this offseason. And I can't wait to talk shit to Vikings fans. And oh, Bears fans. my God. Oh, you have no idea. Person, When this guy, he doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers. He really does not have can to. Can you be. imagine? Can you imagine the trash talking, all the different shirts that are going to come out if 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 Jordan Love plays just half as good as Aaron Rodgers, right? With the run team, with the run game that we have in the defense, that's all we need. It's just somebody who's going to play half as good. Can you imagine the t-shirts and the, hey, hey, Bears fans, why so upset? All you need is love, right? I'm- I just literally wrote down, look, I just wrote down. <laughs> love is all you need. Love is all you need, right? We can beat the Vikings because love is all you need. I mean, the puns and the shirt is going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see like uh, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Jordan Love, and like Christian Watson, right? Walking across 
the street, like the Beatles, the cover of their, right? <laughs> well, the Bears <laughs> are the in the process of possibly changing, changing ownership. And it kind of in line with, with, with Rogers, right? So Rogers just might be ready to, to sell the team to Jordan Love. We don't know. We'll see if. He's <laughs> doing an awful lot of hugging Rogers. And I think this is his way of soaking it in and making sure that everybody is getting appreciative. I mean, jeepers. It's 18 years. Dude, right? 18 years of his That's life. That's a long time. Long time, man. That's as long as I've been a little, a little less than I've been married. It's a long time, dude. It takes a lot of commitment, a lot of time to spend a time in a relationship like that because it takes both sides, right? And we saw a little bit of issues here um, last year, or the, yeah, I guess last off season. Because why? It's it's a marriage, it's a relationship, but it looks like he's in a good place. I like what he's talking about. Um, I've learned to accept him, you know, as who he is. I, I really like the fact that he's officially started to act like someone who's hit, hit the fourth floor, that 40 year age where you just kind of don't give a fuck what anybody thinks anymore. And you're just going to be you and yeah. you, feel, or you don't, you just don't care anymore. And that's the attitude he's gotten. It's kind of trickling into the team, man, which makes me really happy as well, because that's a lot of what they're talking about. Did you see the interview from Tanyan on why yeah. we did yeah. not win last year in the last couple uh, of years about that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's uh, that's definitely an interesting perspective. It's it's blunt, honest, and maybe that's what some or or a lot of the guys were feeling. Um, to me, it didn't look like the defense was feeling that at all. Uh, to me, it looked like maybe the offense was feeling that a little bit. I think, uh, and and I've said this all along, we need to lose more bef- by the, at near the end of the season. Because then you get that sour taste in your mouth and that sour taste in your mouth goes away. Like when, Mm. when we were on a team that, uh, when I was on a team, our first championship, we lost the last two games. We were dominating all season and we legitimately lost the two games, the, the last two games of the season and slipped into second place. And everybody had us pegged at, no, circle it, put the, put their name on the cup. That's it. It's over. And when we lost the last two games of the season, we lost the first one. I think it was like 37, 34 with like two seconds left type deal. We lost that one. And then the next one, it was like 35 to 10. We just got blown right out, just shell shocked. And we dominated through the playoffs after that. And then when I coached a team that went completely undefeated, I mean, I'm talking 72 Dolphins. We won every single game, every playoff game. We got to, it was probably the second or third last game of the season and everybody was sluggish and we couldn't get everybody to perform. We were blowing teams out by 30 points and this game we won, we won by three or four points and just sneaked one out. And uh, that week at practice, we had uh, water balloon fights and crazy drills, you know, where you, you put your head on the cone and you spin around three times and then you got to run 20 yards. And then the next guy runs up, puts his head on the cone, spins around. We did anything but football. We played soccer with the, with a football. We did anything but that. And they said, when are we going to get back to football? And I said, whenever you guys are ready, because the last couple of weeks have just not looked like it. And it kind of sparked something in them and it got them going. Lafleur's got to change something up. He's got to mix something up, throw a wrinkle in there. It looks like the offense is getting mundane and monotonous and they're getting a little bored. But with all these brand new wide receivers, 
I think there's going to be enough mistakes and enough issues that will win a lot of games, but it won't be perfect. And and that's what we want. Yeah, we, we talked about this a while ago where we do want them going in struggling just a little bit, not necessarily losing, but Tanya kind of alluded to it. We've always like, what is it that's going on at the end of the season? And the problem is that when you are 13 and two or 13 and three and then 14 and three, or you're coming into the end of the season, and you're riding high, there is this lack of this is who we are and just kind of expected that you're a good team, not understanding how long it took you to get there to put the effort and, and work into it. So then they go into the playoffs and they take a week off and they go do whatever it is that they're going to do. And they come back and they come back flat footed. And it's happened a couple years in a row. And the biggest difference I see is Rashawn Gary and the vocal leader that he's become. The defense has always had those leaders, right? But never yeah. that huge, like, the presence right now that Gary's bringing on, it's starting to become very contagious. And especially with Jair out last year, I mean, you could see him on the sideline, but it's not the same when he's not playing. But those guys there, yeah. you know, on the offensive side, it just, it, it looks like, not that it's not there. It's just a different type of leadership style because that side of the ball is Rogers. But you see guys like Randall Cobb openly talking about players. And then all of a sudden you start seeing Aaron Rodgers openly talk about players and being blunt, man. Like, you know, when he talked about NBS and he talked about these guys last year, he was verbally upset and vocal about them not being on the same page and not doing their job the way they should. MBS continues to have drops in KC. So it was not Aaron Rodgers. It was apparently MBS who kept dropping the ball in these key moments. And this year he's open. He's openly talking about Turi. He's openly talking about Dobbs. He's openly talking about how good Watson looks on the sideline that he's excited to get with him and that he's getting, they're having conversations and that he's picking it up. That's something that Rogers never did before. It was always like, okay, what's the, you just saw his face during a game when a guy wasn't when they were supposed to be, and you just see him get upset. And that's all we saw from him. Now, at least he's peeled back the curtain to, to let us in a little bit to see what it is that he's seeing or not seeing in these guys. Well, hopefully he doesn't do the pouty. You know, the pouty Rodgers. That's the thing that really upsets me. You know, that was one thing. You could see a little frustration in Brett Favre's face, but he was keeping it light. He was rallied the troops. He was, I will drag them up there. Whereas Rodgers seems to, if guys aren't running the right routes, we have a couple of drops or something, especially at the beginning of the second half, we just come right out and flat. And you can see him on the sidelines, just pouting and pissed. It's like, I understand you're pissed. But you can't show, a leader doesn't show frustration to the rest. He's got to show that this is normal. This is what happens. This is how it goes. I mean, I woke up this morning, another guy called in sick. I was beyond frustrated. I was in my shower, shaking my fist at the gods, wondering why the heck I'm having so much trouble. When I got to the shop and all my staff were there, it was business as usual. I didn't let it, it didn't let it show that it affected me and it didn't affect them. And maybe that's where he is mentally because we've seen that happen. As soon as he starts pounding, pouting, you start seeing a little bit of a decline, not a little bit of a decline. You start seeing a decline in his stats and the way that he's playing and the way that he approaches a game. Maybe being in this holistic area where he is with his mind and everything might help him just kind of let it go by the wayside, the way he's been doing it with everything else outside of football, right? Yeah. Let's hope yeah. that translates onto the field and keeps that calm there because I'm not too worried about the offense. I'm not worried about the defense at all. I am still very concerned about the special teams, dude. So, I, oh yeah, all all we're getting is reports of muff punts, shank punts, block punts, long snaps that are too short, too long, too high. They're all over the place, man. They are all over the place. 
And it's probably because they're using a lot of new guys and they have a new coach. Man, we still got a month. We still got a month and a lot happens in 24 hours. So let's live. Let's let uh, coach Rich do his job. I'm sure he'll, uh, sure he'll pull it together. Yeah. And you see how our success, I mean, the record that we have had um, is in spite of special teams, but I don't think we can do that anymore um, because we obviously have seen that it does not get us to the promised land. I was looking up Mason Crosby just because we're pushing so much, hoping that we can get a kicker to kind of solidify that. We blame the long snapper, right? So we had Wordle in who has been a disaster for us last year. Coco comes in. Uh, okay. It kind of still seems like an issue. Um, and without Mason Crosby out there to actually get his timing down with the long snapper. But I went in and I looked at Mason Crosby. So you remember 2018 was that first year where we're like, oh, shit, what happened? Right. Because he was always really automatic, always pretty consistent. That yeah. year in 2018, um, he had 37 field goal attempts, which was third in the league. And that's something else that. I, I'm curious to see the translation between the number of attempts because of our scoring offense, right? Like if we're, if we're kicking field goals, it's because we're not scoring touchdowns. So the efficiency side, so this is a year he was third in the league in kicking, but he only made 30 of those 37 attempts, missing seven, seven attempts in one year. And remember he missed four in one game. Um, but 36 touchdowns, 37 field goals, right? So the numbers there, and you look at his field goal percentage, 53.7. So again, I know I've said this over and over again with PFF, but 60 is average, 50 is below average or not great. And he was at a 53.7 in 2018. So then Matt LaFleur comes in 2019, first year, and you look at his stats, we had 41 touchdowns and 24 field goal attempts. So it shifted more towards the touchdowns. What happens in that time? 71.8. So he was a solid kicker. His kickoff returns were actually, or kickoffs were actually a lot better as well. He had 24 attempts, made 22 of them. He had two over 50 plus. So do you, let me go through 20 and then I'm going to ask you a question because this is where I think it's going to help, especially with his injury and what's going on when it translates. The, then again, 2020, which was the year that we were the number one scoring offense in the entire league. Um, 16 field goal attempts all year, only 16 and 63 point after attempts. So you see that gigantic shift from 37, 36 to 42, 26. And then all of a sudden in 2020, when we had that offensive explosion, there were actually 63 touchdowns that we scored versus 16 kicks, his grade 74.2. So now let's fast forward to yeah. last year, right? And yeah. right at 34 attempts again. So the 34-37 range that he had in 2018, 51 uh, total touchdowns. Obviously, we know that Aaron Rodgers had 38 touchdowns, so the rest were on the ground. Um, but 48.5 grades. So when he starts – and maybe it's an age thing with the leg, but do you – I have, don't know. Morton Anderson and, and Vinatieri and – I mean, I can think of a ton of – Old kickers oh, that can Tucker probably, right now, we, Butker, yeah. all these guys. And that's what I was trying to, I was like, where does Mason Crosby land all time in kickers? He is not I, nine different websites ranking kickers. He is not inside the top 15 in 
any of the lists and I was going through it. It's all time. So you're talking about Anderson. You're talking about these guys old school, but he is nowhere to be found. So he's consistent, but maybe those down years that he's had have knocked him off of that list because he's just not considered clutch. But as an older guy, we don't want him kicking so much, right, I guess. But what do you anticipate this year's offense to look like? Do you think it's going to be somewhat of that 50-50 split of field goals to touchdowns, or do you anticipate a lot more touchdowns and field goals this year with with the first year of Matt? A lot more field goals. A lot more field goals. We're going to be running, 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 and we're going to get stumped closer to the uh, red zone. You know, we don't have Devontae, the security blanket, to go to in the red zone. We'll have Tunyon and don't, don't think Rogers isn't going to throw 30 touchdowns. He's going to throw 30 touchdowns. That's happening. I mean, you mark that in the book, but I think there's going to be a lot more opportunities where we get uh, guys running the wrong route or doing the wrong thing in the red zone or dropping balls and stuff with these new wide receivers. And we're going to have to kick more. And I think maybe that's what the frustration from Lafleur is. I mean, if we think back to the Baltimore Ravens, right. Was uh, Flacco throwing 100 touchdowns or was he, uh, you know, uh, uh, or, or, or was the kicker coming out there for an awful lot? You know, Matt Ramage said it the other day, we're, we're going to be winning games 9-6. We're going to be winning games 15-12. You know, our defense is going to hold. So we've got to be able to cash in when we can. Take a good look at that San Francisco game. You know? Yeah, that's exactly right, man. And, you know, I, I was pulling up my, because, you know, obviously I keep working. So I, I have Aaron Rodgers with 38 touchdown passes this year, right? Right on the number. Yeah. He's going to hit that average. I, I'm not going to play around with it. I've got Aaron Jones with six rushing touchdowns and A.J. Dillon with 10 rushing touchdowns on the season. Yeah. So right at 54 touchdowns for the year, which is in between 2020 and 2021, kind of in the middle um with 31 field goal attempts because i do think that there's going to be probably seven or eight drives throughout the entire year that are going to get stalled where we don't score touchdowns and those are going to be those close games so if you're talking about seven times that we don't score a touchdown that means that's going to be seven games during the season that we're going to rely on our kicking uh to to put us over the top and either push us further away so we know it's safe or if not it's going to be heart attack game the way that it happens all the time with us with these games consistently where we just play down to competition and don't blow guys out and we play up to competition, but it's close. And then we're eking out wins, but you don't know what these teams are going to look like this year. Again, you know, strength of schedule and all that type of stuff, you get a general idea, but until you actually get on the field and play these games, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, the turnover on the playoffs every year is the same number. It's like three or four teams that didn't make it last year are going to be in this year. So who are those teams going to be? But yeah, just, it's really interesting that, the his grades as a kicker and specifically for special teams is very reliant upon how many touchdowns we actually score versus how many field goal attempts we have. So I don't know. I thought that was interesting. And it is, yeah. it is. You're the stats guy, yeah. all the little stats, all the little grades, all of that. I just say, eh, he's crap. <laughs> well, you were a coach and a player, so you do see it with a different lens. And that's what I'm telling you. I can't wait to, for the season to start, watch a game, not be on there, not listen to anything, judge it, and just watch the game. You know, just yeah. watch everything that we've been looking at this entire offseason, seeing where if they bring in Zach Tom, are they going to run the ball when they bring in Zach Tom? If it's Walker, are they going to pass because he's better at pass blocking? Is Josh Nyman going to be right or left? Like all that settling in. Um, over the preseason leading into the, the season because, again, this offensive line is going to predicate what we do. 
I have a feeling we're not going to see what this team really looks like until week four or week five. You know, I have a feeling that they're going to go, this is our best guess. And then after week one, they're going to go, okay, this guy has to be moved. And then they'll put a different guy and then they'll shuffle a little bit more. I think it's one of those years where it's going to be, they have their best guess right now and the games will determine the outcome. I mean, oh, as I'm yawning away into the microphone. As uh, as uh, as I said about Trey Lance, right? Yeah. Week six. Week six. If, if that comes true, I don't know, because I think the team is completely bought into him. They did not even run it past anybody on the team. They just made the decision that that's what was going to happen. So I, I think they're, they've decided they're going to hitch their wagon to that guy. And Do you think Jimmy G goes to Cleveland? No, not with the Deshaun Watson stuff. It's what about I, Seattle? Get rid of Drew Lock. Seattle, because Seattle is a run heavy, don't pass the ball type of team, very similar to what, what the Jimmy G's used to. Yep. So yeah. it's a little bit more of a scheme fit with Pete Carroll, who's like 97 years old and, and his dentures are starting to fall out from him chewing so much damn gum. Um, but yeah. I know, why has he always got that huge wad of gum in there? No, man, it's annoying. I, it's, like, I don't understand. Like, what are you, are you trying to show off? Chew with your mouth closed. How about that? Yeah, do that. Do that. Like, what does it sound like with his microphone, right? Like Peter Bukaki. Run the ball. His podcast. Run the ball. Oh, Peter Bukaki sounds more like. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, man. Oh, all right. Let's take a break. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. We're listening to my dad and his friend Bruce on Packers without borders. Thank you for listening to Packers without borders. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders for some exclusive content behind the scenes. Check out our merchandise on TeePublic, Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go. Destiny. This is Yuri. Jimmy Cheesebutt. TJ Williams. Doran Stortigan. Shelly. Reed. Randy McGray. Peter Nebels. Mick. Mel. Alex Brown. Matt Stevenson. What's up? Matt Ramage. Andrew Falk. Matt Kuhneman. It's Eric. Bruce Banker. Matt. Matt Fraley. Chris. Chris McLeod. The Macho Man Randy Savage. Luke Sog. Kristen. Kimmy. Coach Juan. Colton Moore. Dave Robbins. Kermit the Frog. Kelly Bruner. Eric. Luke Sog. Jeremy. Jimmy Cheesebutt. Bales of Hay. Guys, tune in. Great show. It's not just about football. I'll find a What's your name, little girl? What's your name? Okay, break's done. Now what? Hey, we got our last guy in for uh, fantasy football. Oh, let's talk about that a little bit here. Okay. Yeah. So this guy, this guy, I'm quickly, I'm searching right now so that I got his name. Pack right. rats. It is it's pack, pack rats. rats. Okay. Pack rats uh, got in. He'd been trying for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kept getting these messages every now and then. He was like, damn it. I was in the doctor's office when it was released. You Dang it. I, this happened here. Right. By about seven minutes. 
Yeah. Uh, but we've got our team set. We've got, well, we've got our players set. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be setting up a, I hope your DMs are open because I'm going to DM, DM every single person to create a chat to get your emails, get your, really all I need is your email one that works that way I can put you on the sleeper app and invite you into the league and then all communications and everything. Once we're all in there, you guys are, you know, the chatting, the shit talking, everything starts on the sleeper app. It is awesome. So we're going to get that going here in the next couple of weeks. Um, and we'll decide on a draft. We do do a live draft. It'll probably be a Friday night or a Saturday. Yeah. We'll see, but yeah. um, debauchery will ensue and it's a lot of fun. But congratulations to all you guys. Thank you guys for, it was, it was kind of crazy. It was fun. Fantastic prizes. <laughs> Especially with the new shirts we have coming out. So we've got new shirts coming. We're yeah. going to give the winner a nice little um, care package with a bunch of Packers Without Border stuff. And we'll work on getting everything for you guys and making just a nice care package with everything for you. But we usually put in, uh, there's Ritz crackers, yep. a can of sardines. Yep. Um, uh, we can't afford to ship a whole jar of uh, peanut butter, so we put a little bit in a Ziploc bag. Yep. <laughs> just enough for the Ritz crackers that we give you. Just enough to just dip, dip, dot scoop, yep. dip. Yep. <laughs> Wouldn't it. that suck? Wouldn't that suck? That'd be the worst. If I was like, oh my God, I want the fantasy football team. I've been trying so hard to get in. And your wife is like, oh, congratulations, you got it. And you play all season long and you win. Oh, my God, what did I win? Some Ritz crackers and a Ziploc bag with a scoop of peanut butter. <laughs> I would be so mad. And it'll be the creamy. That way it's not, you know, we don't yeah. have <laughs> I'd be so mad. We, like, send this shit back. <laughs> congratulations to all you guys. It's awesome. Fantastic. Can't wait to play you guys. Can't wait to kick your asses because you all suck. Oh, it's going down. It's going down. I played possum last year. <laughs> yeah, you did. You played I played Dr. Death last year yeah, is what I played. Terrible. We should we should send out a warning to all of the uh, players coming and uh, let them know that uh, if I draft you, IR is on so the So here's way. what you're going to do. You're going to draft Bucks, Rams, yeah. Saints, Cowboys, Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> no Packers. Right. You don't draft any Packers. Kirk Cousins is my number one QB. Sweet. He'll be on IR shortly after I draft him. I, I hope promise so. you. He'll well, fall off a golf cart or we something. Don't, we don't wish anything. We, no, we wish no injuries, but... If no, happens, it's the strangest thing. It's the strangest thing. Every single... I draft all my players. And you know what? To be honest, I was like, I got a pretty half-decent draft here. I, I'm about middle of the pack. Right. If my guys can maybe have a game or two, I had Derek Henry, right? Like I, I had a handful of these guys that I was like, I'm, I'm really pleased with. If a couple of these guys have a good game, I, I'm going to win a lot of games. And I would lose games by four or five points because, oh, Derek Henry uh, came out, uh, handed the ball off one time and then went on IR for 12. That minutes. is the worst oh. feeling in fantasy football. It's not leading up where a guy's out all week. It's, starter he's in there or he's coming off of an injury or what you know like but he's practicing you put him in there he runs and gives you 0.1 points for like one yard on yeah. one carry and then he's done and then and then his backup goes off 
Yeah. 210 yards, yards, eight yeah. touchdowns. It's like, yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. And then you look over and fucking Rats has got his backup. How did Rats know that his backup was the one, you know? Well, that's he what was, he did all season. So that's yeah. what he was doing all season. Whenever he was playing against people, I realized, so I figured you're out, Jeremy. So just so you know, you're not going to make the league anymore. You're year. unnoticed. Yeah, you're unnoticed, buddy. Is I noticed that what you would do is you would target players because it's fab. So what we do is fab as opposed to the waiver system where last person picks first. No, this is blind auction bidding at players every week. So everybody has a shot. You don't know what people are, are betting on. But I noticed that what he would do is he'd see who he was playing against and he would take players. And it was that kind of, okay, if this guy's iffy, he would drop one of his lower bench players and pick up the backup of the running back that you were playing. And it's like, okay. Oh. And it just worked out for him because there was a lot of injuries and there's a lot of injuries at, at the running position. I, I mean, it was so bad that I lost all of my original drafted starters. Mm-hmm. And then I was losing all of my backups that I was picking up. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a team, I had a team. I bet you, you couldn't name four guys on my team. Oh, I know. And I bet you, I bet you, if you took a look at my team right now, there isn't four guys from my starting group from the last two weeks that are playing this year. That are even in the league. I know. Yeah. It was so terrible. Well, I'm working on getting Luke back on here again. So we'll have a little fantasy football podcast coming up here and we can ask him all these types of questions, do a little round table with him to talk about some fantasy football, who he sees his sleepers. Dude's really good. He's a young kid, man, but he, he knows his stuff. He's, he's up and coming. So I'm going to give him some props and we'll get him on the show and maybe he can help you pick uninjured players. That would be great. That would be great. I just had the injury bug last year. I mean, I still came in what seventh or eighth or something. So I didn't come in dead last. Who came in dead last? Was it Colton? I can't remember. I think it was Colton. I need to go check. Eh, that's so last year. We'll Andy see. Fox. Andy Fox oh, is uh, upset he, that he didn't he, get in. But you know, we got to change it up a little bit, Andy. I, 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 we need a whole bunch of new players this year. We've got Jeremy Retz, the returning champion, Bruce and myself, and then nine others that we've never played before. This sleeper app is super easy to use. It's drag and drop. It's it's yeah. quick. It's fast. And Bruce has got some pretty good rules on there. So if you're struggling, at least you get a better uh, chance at uh, uh, getting those uh, free agents that you want. Um, make sure that you're not uh, making a ridiculous trade. That might be a, a good idea. Don't make any ridiculous trades. And and, and, and I, I don't think that you know anything unless it's like obvious collusion. That's something I tell you. Yeah. No veto. Like people don't vote on this thing. I just look at it and say, eh, because you never know with trades. Like it looks lopsided at one point. And then once the season plays out, I just want it to be active. And it's, as long as there's no actual collusion going on, then I'm going to let it slide. I don't care. I mean, maybe you you're saying something it doesn't matter like i i hate vetoes i hate people that veto trades let every you're the owner of your own team you want to win just as much as the other guy so that's what matters we just want good players in here we'll get you guys some good fantasy advice with luke um here coming up in a couple of weeks we'll figure out when i can book him to get him on here um and as long as you win or i win then you can throw somebody out of the league and that's going to be fantastic oh Fantasy football. Can't wait. Speaking of fantasies, I don't know if this is real or not. I don't think it's real. 
I've looked at stuff. There's a lot of articles on it and there's some stuff where somebody did sue their mom's doctor for giving birth to them. But there's this viral video going around where this girl sued her parents and won in court $5,000 a month because she did not ask to be brought into this world. The parents appealed and they ultimately, from what I understand, took that away. But who in their right fucking mind would sue their parents because you brought me into this world and I want $5,000 a month from you for the rest of my life because I did not ask to be born. Well, first off, uh, this is a generation of participation award winners. They uh, have never been told no. And they've never had to actually work for anything in their lives. They've just been handed everything. So we've got an awful lot of them out there. Do not look at these people who get everything handed to them and think to yourself, boy, I wish I was like them. Don't, don't, not for one minute. No, you want to know what it's like to struggle. You want to know what it's like because you appreciate your stuff more. You appreciate what you get more. You work hard for it. And ultimately, in the end, you come out ahead. Now, I think this whole video was fake. I think it was a joke. I think it was a TikTok joke or something. I can't imagine that you legitimately stood in front of a judge and a judge actually said, yeah, you know what? You're right. You didn't deserve to be brought into this world. Your parents should continue to pay. But you know what? The United States is a crazy place when it comes to laws and it comes to judges and it comes to. And, and you know, man, whether it's real or not, I think that's why I wanted to talk about this. It, it's more of the, the social world that we're living in right now. I mean, dude, even I, have issues not giving my kids everything and having them work for it. And I try to do that, but you also want to give them whatever it is that, you know, you want to give them what you can. So it's finding that balance that I'm struggling with a little bit because, you know, my, my daughters asked me for something and the first words out of my mouth are yes. And I need to stop doing that. Right. Even though, you know, they have, they work for stuff and there are certain things that we do, but being consistent with it. But the biggest issue is this is the generation. Now these 30 year olds are the ones that were born in 1990, know nothing but, having technology in their hand and at their fingertips and it's as simple as this what is the most common thing that's done on social media is selfies right yeah what is yeah. a selfie you're taking pictures of yourself consistently you're making it all about you social media is about you and how you present yourself to everybody else so there's that kind of disconnect from reality in terms of what is real and what is not but all that self-absorption is what made me think like the fact that we're even questioning whether this is real or not is what's disturbing. Where we're like, yeah. oh, like that's concerning. Like how the fuck is this generation right now? And I'm not saying everybody just so I don't get DM'd and hate and all I'm saying certain people in this generation coming up. Cause I see it dude. Like, you know, that now that I'm working corporate, there's most of the people that, that, that are on the team are people right around my age, forties and fifties, because it's just a different approach to how you do things. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure you deal with it too, but there's, there's times where they want to go in and they automatically want to make as much money as everybody else. They want to be bosses. They want to be managers without working your way up the ranks. And it's consistently going that when you're seeing corporate companies starting to turn a little bit more towards an older generation, not these 20 to 30 year olds who don't want a house, 
because they don't want any commitments. They don't want any kids because they don't want any commitments. They don't want to get married. They want to worry about themselves first and get themselves in the right place before they even consider anything. So there's, they don't want to struggle, but you need to struggle in order to be successful. You said it. I mean, I am where I am because of a lot of the good things that I've done, but for the majority, it's me falling flat on my fucking face and screwing up and learning from it. And obviously having a support structure at home with my wife that can help kind of push me along. Right. And support me. Cause as a guy, I mean, as, as macho as guys are, we need to have behind every great man, there's a greater woman who rubs your ego and makes you feel good and makes you feel the way you need to don't even really take it. Really? Back. Yeah, Because, because I always heard it as behind every great man is a woman rolling her eyes. <laughs> That's on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Crazy, buddy. Crazy. You know what? This world is a uh, crazy place and uh, truth is stranger than fiction. And, you know, if it's true, I could believe it. The U.S. has got some crazy, crazy judgments and laws. I mean, look at the lady who spilled hot coffee in her lap and suddenly she's awarded millions of dollars. Like, I, I don't get it. Because you didn't tell me that the coffee was hot. So now every cup has to have caution. I mean, no yeah. Shit. Now, I mean... It, it, it's just like we said before, right? In in the 60s, your car manual, your owner's manual for your car that you bought would show you how to fix absolutely every single part in that car. Now the manual says, don't drink the battery acid. Yeah. And call this number because it's a computer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's it, We're not leaving any of this to our own fruition our own devices our own thoughts our own google it and figure it out you know i went to youtube college and i learned how to build this and i went to youtube college and i learned how to fix this and you went to youtube college and learned how to do electrical and you went to right like or you ask somebody which is the biggest thing that people don't do people don't ask for help what did i do when i was smoking for the first time this weekend i kind of looked at the i looked at the manual yeah, uh, a YouTube video on how to load it, how to clean it, how to prep it, because the book doesn't tell you anything like that. No, it just push this button and do this. OK, that doesn't help. Matt, I need to do this. And you walked me through it and it was fine because. And you know how I learned it? I watched three or four different videos. I went next door to my neighbor who's been smoking for a long time and he walked me through it. That's it. As soon as you get the ball rolling once or twice, you're like, oh, you know what? Uh, I can do this now. Look out. You know, my, my daughter, this reminds me of some, a conversation I had with my daughter on Friday. Um, she, oh, you were kind of part of that conversation where she's taking that analytics class, but she's also taking algebra, uh, whatever algebra two class that she should have taken last year. But for whatever reason, I don't know. Anyway, she's like a year behind in math because she didn't get credit for it. But analytics is one thing. And then she said, just the problem is I had to take algebra two because now we're getting into trigonometry. And she says, if you teach me, like once she knows how to do something, if you give her the concept of how to do it and she does it once, she understands that. And she understands how to take that concept and apply it to somebody else. And she said, the issue is that I'm missing those classes with the concepts to carry on to the other thing. So she's going to go back, take another, you know, 
she's going to drop out of that class to go back to take the fundamental math class she needs because that's the way you get it and that critical thinking is what is missing and i am so happy that my daughter is actually looking at it that way and saying dude i'm going to fail this class because i have no idea once i get this she's like i'll just take two classes you know and she says you know i'm not going to have summer summer or summer break anymore because i'm in the ib program so she's yeah. going to take one of the she's, she's i'm going to just have to load up on an extra class next time. But if I don't understand the basics and the fundamentals, I'm not going to be able to move it forward. That's, that's what's missing, dude. Like I figured out the fundamentals with you. Now I can apply what you taught me to start going a little bit crazier every time and try some different things and try, I mean, I'm going to probably smoke one or two things the same way again until I feel really comfortable with it. And then you, you kind of adapt what you learn and, and you shift it, but that's uh, $5,000 you know, a month. You know what happened to me uh, on Sunday? We went to, uh, I was going to smoke uh, two whole chickens, right? And uh, they were frozen. I bought them from the uh, butcher on Saturday, frozen, completely frozen, put them in the fridge overnight, woke up in the morning, they were still rock hard, right? Like, all right, I kind of expected this. Put them in the sink with some water, right? They're wrapped in plastic. They're like shrink wrapped or whatever, right? Put them in with this sink with some water. Well, three hours later, they were starting to get squishy again. And I was like, here we go. Okay. So I got all my spices and everything ready to go. And I cut that plastic and they were rotten, completely rotten. I, I was gagging. I've never actually experienced that before. As soon as I, I mean, I cut a slit maybe two or three inches into this thing and it hit me in the face, like a, a, a fucking kick from Bruce Lee. And I was gagging. And so we threw that one out and I cautiously opened up the second one. And as I moved my face close to it again, Man, that was it. I got two rancid chickens. Terrible. Couldn't smoke anything. So we ended up having to get pizza. There you go. Well, now you can do it next week. I, obviously, you're going to take those back and say, dude, really? <laughs> well, I, I, I know the guy that owns that butcher shop really well. Yeah. And he's, he was like, are you serious? He goes, oh, man, you got to come in here. I'll, I'll exchange it, refund, whatever you want. I was like, I'll just get something else. This has been the year of me picking rotten chickens. This is the fifth time, the fifth chicken that I've picked this year. I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is. I, I was standing in line one time at the grocery store with two whole chickens. And as I'm standing there, I'm looking around going, why does it smell like farts, right? I'm looking around, I'm like, huh, that's weird. It smells like farts. And then I, leave, I bring one of the chickens up close to me. I'm like, oh, oh, it's the chickens. And I look at the dates and the dates were like two weeks before I had it in my hands. I'm like, oh man, this was left on the shelf. So I bring it, the manager goes, get a fresh one. We've got fresh ones right here. He goes, why are these even out here? Somebody should have checked these. He was really apologetic. I went well, you to another... good at, you're, you're good at pick, picking rotten chickens on your fantasy football team. So it just kind of trying. I'm telling you, if there was only a way to make money, right? Like next on America's Got Talent, Right. Here right. comes Matt. Well, what's your talent? Well, there's five chickens here. One of them is rotten. I'm randomly going to select one and that will be the rotten one. Mix them up. I'll, I'll leave the building. It doesn't matter. It does, I don't need to see it. I'm going to pick the rotten one. I, I, I don't know what it is. I've been getting great luck with uh, pork butts and, uh, you know, and ribs and brisket and uh, sirloin roasts and stuff. I've been getting fantastic cuts. But the chickens this year, I don't know. Anybody else experiencing the uh, chicken run? <laughs> well, they are. Everything is just so much more expensive, dude. We can touch upon that 
later, but man, our, our, our food bill has gone up exponentially this year. It's oh. insane. Oh, right. it, it has for everybody, but, uh, I'm looking at the clock on the wall and the clock on the wall says, uh, you know what? It says, we forgot all about mailbag Monday. No, that's not it. What's, what's mailbag Monday's Here, theme song? Just oh, right. Play it. Mailbag. Not the one with hair, but with an envelope. Okay. Mailbag Monday. Here we go. We had uh, one question, Nick Sherman, and uh, I'm rapidly... Oh, oh, the 49ers cut Jimmy G. Oh, we kind of talked about this. The 49ers cut Jimmy G. Where do you think he lands? My guess is Seattle. Yeah, my guess is Seattle. My guess is Seattle or a backup maybe with the Saints or something. Who knows? Yeah, oh, that's a good... That's Well, the Saints offense is not what the Seattle Seahawks do. And we talked about it. It's run first offense, which is why Russell Wilson wanted out of there. He was just like, you've got to take the training wheels off. That's enough. You're 80 years old, but I'm not, but yeah, Nick. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, it, if I'd have money to bet, which I only bet on sure things, unless it's against Matt apparently, but uh, <laughs> my money's on Seattle. There it is. Seattle. Beauty. Got any questions for us for Mailbag Monday? Don't forget you can email us at PackersWithoutBorders at Outlook.com. That's all one word, PackersWithoutBorders at Outlook.com. Send us a DM at Borders Packers on our Twitter. Don't forget we've also got Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Yep. And don't forget to tag. It is not mail as an M-A-I-L. It is M-A-L-E bag. That way yeah. you actually get it. Because if you get, well, I don't know if you want to use the, the tag. No, maybe not Google Mailbag. Um, yeah, no, no, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't click on the hashtag mailbag because then, yeah, <laughs> it might not be nice. Your phone will explode. Your friends but will Patreon, wonder what the Shelly, heck you're into. Oh. Shelly, thank you so much for joining us. Carla, as always, really appreciate the retweets. And Colton, you as well, really appreciate you. Uh, Goose as well. There's a lot of you guys out there retweeting us and sending out the help. We really appreciate it. But thank you so much. You can find us patreon.com front slash Packers without borders. You can also go to audibletrial.com front slash Packers without borders. Click on that free trial 15. If you do decide to use it, it's 15 bucks. If not, we get it per click. So just, just click it. Click. Just click it. It doesn't even, it doesn't even ask for your email or anything. Just click on it and then you can escape out. They count the clicks. I'm telling you, they just want you to take a look at that webpage. That's it. Yep. They just want traffic. Beauty. Peace. Go Pack Go! This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another, try and love each other, and Go Pack Go! Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego. about the best you're talking about the macho king <laughs> <laughs>